Hi, everybody. My name is Miles Ward, and this is Cloud and Clear. This is our podcast here from SADA, where we're going to dive in with customers and partners, technologists, Googlers, everybody we can get our hands on to help you better understand what's happening in public cloud and what's moving businesses forward. I am joined today by an innovator, a technologist, Tim Grant. Say hi to everybody. Maybe give an introduction. Hey, everybody. Uh, thanks, Miles. Uh, my background, I'm, I'm a nuclear engineer, um, and you know, I was a, on a submarine in the, in the Navy in the early 90s. Uh, so data and science and everything has always been something I geek out on. I did work in controls in the 90s and then switched over into web performance in the late 90s, and I got in my first internet startup called Vologic. And we basically built the first cloud-based load testing system before it was called the cloud. Um, and so we did that. And then Keynote Systems, an early cloud-based performance monitoring company, uh, bought us. And we, I switched over and I was with them for about a decade. What really captivated me about this was that, you know, we could tell in, uh, customers, our customers were businesses trying to sell on the Internet, how much to speed up their site. And so we would always say, well, look, here's how fast your site is, but your and the analysts say it should be this much faster. So I was sitting across the, the table one day from AutoZone, and one of the guys in the room was a business guy, and he said, hey, you can tell me how fast my site is, but you can't tell me how much more money I can make if I do if I speed it up. Like any business guy is going to say, hey, look, I'm going to have to spend a million bucks or $2 million or even $10 million to, to invest in my site to speed it up. So tell me how much more money I can make if I speed it up by a second. And we just couldn't do that. Uh, anyway, I spent the next next few years thinking about it. And then in November of, of 2011, I started Blue Triangle. And that was, that was our first product to do exactly that. So, I mean, look, I'll be direct. That's a lot of experience. It sounds like you're between 200 and 250 years old, <laughs> like nuclear, nuclear warheads and, you know, the, the, the full scope of that. That's a, that's a lot of trajectory. I, you know, I think very often, you know, that can bring a set of unique expertise and a unique context. And I, and I think it's, it's loud and clear to me, we hear every day from customers how, how critical it is to be able to quantify benefits with a dollar symbol, please. Uh, so, so okay, you 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 built a product that's that's taken from what you learned and making it so that uh, you can you can answer that question. How, like, is that the core gap, or are there other gaps that you fill? So, our our big focus really is end user experience. So, we started off on that one niche of web page speed. And say, you know, if you can speed up the site by half a second or even 0.1 seconds, how much more money can you make? Um, and then we, we did, went deeper to show what to do about it. So over the next few years, we were doing that. And then we transitioned over to being fully SaaS in about uh, 2018 or so. Um, and really, we honed in on a few really cool items. So now we're, we're, we can identify how, to, how much more money you can make if you speed up your site, uh, how much more money you can make if you eliminate broken links. And so I'm not talking about like the link scanner thing where, you know, you something spiders your site. This is somebody makes a change to the URL on your website and all of the index pages at, at the search engines lose track of and can't find them. So people get broken links that actually impacts revenue as well. So things like that, out of stock conditions, 
outages and customer journey friction are really the things that we, f we focus on now. And we can quantify and put dollar figures on how much you need to invest to fix those things and how much you'll get back if you if you fix them. Okay. I, I think maybe for the audience, right? Like I'm used to, you know, the, the poor man's version of this stuff, right? I, I go into Chrome, I open that developer tools window. There's a little thing that says performance. I hit, I hit go on the site. It sort of tells me roughly how many milliseconds each of these different functions work. Like, Give me the differentiation there. What what's the what's the aside from the, the very obvious one? Like here is the dollars that that actually affects. Because I think I want to dig in on that part too. But but maybe in the first part, how, help me with what it helps you understand. Yeah. So the, by the way, Chrome Dev Tools, fantastic. Best thing, probably one of the best things that ever happened to the internet. Uh, that said, it's not really trending every file and every function and every piece of content on every on the on your website. And that's what we're a digital experience analytics company like Blue Triangle does. We, we actually will trend every single file and every function, long running function on your site, and then tell you with fantastic granularity what is causing your site to be slow. And sometimes things can go bump in the night um, or maybe a third party does something to slow your site down. And unless you're monitoring, you're not going to really see that impact. The other thing is like holistically everything loads and, and shows up on uh, in the Chrome Dev Tools, and you can see kind of like how it loads. But first of all, what is slow? And what we found out is that it's not the same on every site and every web page. It's a big myth that every site needs to load in, you know, like 0.5 seconds or, or one second. We would all love it if that happened. But the, rea the reality is, is that people are not buying more often at some specific threshold. It's a, a very much a combination of the audience of the site, the design, aesthetics, usability, and functionality of the site, and even the product marketing, right? Those are all factors that go into the psychology of what is fast and what is slow on a site in terms of expectations, and we quantify that. Right, right. Okay, so there's, there's a lot there where, you know, I can imagine you know, one, one stakeholder is in the marketing department, of course, who's trying to figure out, you know, how this works. And there's the product org that, you know, maybe for some, some businesses help me with the difference in experience or maybe utility for a company that's using this kind of as a retail optimizer versus somebody that's using it in their SaaS platform. Cause I, I think there's going to be, you know, maybe, maybe some differences there. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it totally is. So what we've done is we've kind of broken this down into like three different kind of sections. One is your, your typical online purchase experience, right? And that could be um, retail, uh, travel and hospitality. It can be really anything that has a conversion. And so the, the second section would be, okay, let's think about that online credit card signup process, okay? The question uh, that the business is going to ask is, do I need to speed up the pages along the way to increase the success rate? Is is page speed even a factor? And so and so that's one of the things that we focus on. And so we can assign a dollar value to like that completion of that process. And then that lets us kind of put a stake in the ground and correlate everything to the completion step and not the abandonment. So everybody tends to focus on the abandonment. We focus on the correlation of each step along the way to the decision to buy and the, the final conversion. And then, you know, to the third part is like for the APIs and, and folks that are, are not actually actively selling. Um, 
we've got you got to monitor that. Uh, so what we've come up with is a series of synthetic products. Um, it both real browser, but also um, API testing uh, to constantly poll and, and check the availability and, and stability of an application. Um, but it also is something that we can uh, test the network as well. So we, we've taken MTR and taken that to give aggregate trace routes all the, all along the way, and we can tell what node is out, for example. So that's very technical. But the reality is you need to be checking that from data center to data center. I have 100 customers, 1,000 customers, I think, that, that are in a spot where a tool like this would be a really direct benefit for them. And, and I, you know, I think there's likely, you know, huge varieties from, you know, fairly simple sites, but that have fairly high traffic to fairly complicated sites that are maybe more kind of sassy, super fascinating to kind of see how that plugs in. How, how did you pick, uh, you know, Google cloud or, or, or the technologies that you're built on today? What, you know, walk us through maybe a little of the stack in that decision-making process. Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. So we obviously unit economics is a really big factor for us. Okay. So we need, we're looking for things like high scalability, high performance, and the best price that we can get for, for the, the stack. So we use things like Google BigQuery. We're using things uh, like the VMs to populate uh, our SQL and caching servers. And then we're using that we're leveraging the the different uh, features inside of, of Google Cloud Marketplace. Um, so, you know, like th the common, if you're not thinking about things like generating your traffic and sending it into through Kafka uh, and, you know, and, and similar kind of uh, tools, then you're really not thinking about the right way. If you're not consuming and building the redundancy in, then you're not really ready to be global. And uh, Google Cloud Marketplace gave us that kind of flexibility and scalability and everything that we needed. Um, it sounds basic to say it that way, but it really is very much uh, a factor of all those things. But I gotta say, um, I really appreciate the the people at Google. It was a little unexpected because you know Google's really big and and they're um, and everything. But everybody we talked to is really great. And the other thing is from across the organization at Google. And I'm talking about um, the people on the GTAC teams and the people at even Google Analytics and everybody. Um, there's a collaborative commonality across the organization. And I really do like working with, with Google across the board. Hey, man, we do too. Uh, it's, been, it's been nothing but pleasant. I think it's like uh, the best kept secret. They, they, you know, they, they really have... I think kind of changed the way that they approach the world and, and, and it shows. So yeah, customer experience, professionalism is, it's just really good. And I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but other cloud providers are, we were just a number to, to them all the way up until kind of just recent, you know, in the last couple of years and Google has not been that way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it is definitely a spot where, Frankly, like you're getting, you're getting the best foot forward from them because what you're building is so near and dear to this core focus of theirs to, you know, be the right building blocks for people to build incredible SaaS, retail, media, these experiences where the, the value that's being created is all the way out to the end customer, right? You're, you're, uh, you know, I think a really useful and critical part of a solution like that. So they're, 
they can smell their own, right? Like, I think there's a, there's a lot where, you know, a lot of what you're doing is, is pretty closely and tightly aligned, which, which I appreciate. So thinking about like alignment, um, one of the things that SOD has been doing is trying to be as aligned as we can with, with companies that are, that are in this, in this mode, right. That are, uh, where we're all pulling in the same direction to help as many customers as we can take advantage of this broader platform. Like, can you walk us through the decision to join the Alliance program and, you know, what, what benefits you've seen from that? Yeah, so we definitely like working with SADA. That since we started working with SADA, that they've been very helpful, and they will bring, they'll basically bring whatever it takes to the table to get something done uh, quickly. And they will instead of us kind of pushing them along, they can kind of they kind of push us along a little bit. I, I do like that the knowledgeable approach and consultative uh, qualities that the that the SADA team brings to the table is really very helpful. And I think it takes time off the development cycle. Yeah. No, I mean, we have all been, <laughs> that's, that's the kind of team that I focused on building was folks that have been in your shoes, maybe not in front of the nuclear reactor, but certainly in, in hands-on helping build, build services for customers and trying to, trying to make people be happy. So there's, you know, there's a lot where you know, it's been a kind of a core part of our mantra that, to, that nothing's off the table and we're open to any idea and, and just trying to find the best way to, to co-create value. So appreciate the positive feedback. Uh, you know, I mean, I think there's there's a lot of spots where, um, you know, as as companies are thinking through, you know, the, this this kind of trajectory, right? We're in 2022, like feels like there's kind of an incredible energy right now as folks are kind of getting back into the swing of things. I'm watching events coming through. Like what's, what's top of mind for you this year? What's, what's a big focus? Well, we have a number of key roadmap items that are going to be rolled out and they are going to require more SADA and Google infrastructure and, and help from the, the experts uh, on the, the teams that we're associated with there. And it's, really all about um, growth and to getting exposure for our new products that we, we will be debuting mid-year. We just opened the the gate on our uh, broken links analysis. I, I mentioned that earlier, but then we used to do manually, and now it's built into our product, and we're, we're debuting that as well as a few other things. But we have more uh, digital experience analytics things to come throughout the year. And uh, we've got a, a re release, a really hectic release schedule that we're going to try to make. And um, our customers are very uh, excited about those changes. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm in love with roadmaps. Uh, you know, there's there's so much left to do, right? I, and uh, it's just a uh, it's a spot where I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of our customers that are they're in their own roadmap. They're trying to figure out what's next for them, and they're composing together the solution that it's going to take to to be a gestalt forward, let them capture more customers, let us stand on this kind of incredible moment. I think that we're all in, uh, you know, it, you're doing it, you're in the middle of it, like advice for other operators, folks that are, that are trying to take this on, like best practices you want to share. I think one of the, the best things that we did was, um, our version of agile, uh, methodology is pretty, interesting a lot of some folks go with like monthly sprints or they will go with um, you know two-week sprints we often so we're primarily a kanban shop and we basically do our releases 
uh, roughly every two weeks. Sometimes we'll do it almost weekly. But what, we're, what we really do is we get the product to the point where we know that we can deploy. And so we try to stick to a release schedule. And so what can make it in and is QA'd and ready to go, will go in that release cycle. If not, it, it floats to the next one. So that strategy is, is not as adopted. Some people will say, oh, they're agile, but sure. like, we're very agile. Yeah. There's, we've spent a lot of cycles, um, you know, with other dev shops. I don't know if you've seen the research from the Dora org and the, the kind of four key metrics and a bunch of the, the accelerant patterns there uh, might be interesting to dig in. They have, I think, some really thoughtful stuff about, um, you know, how to approach you know, a, an extremely agile flavor of agile. So, uh, might be a, might be a good uh, touch point. Maybe we should we'll, we'll do that as the next call. I like so, the GitLab's well. approach. I mean, the, they they basically say that they do a release on a, a certain day of the month every month, and whatever's ready to go in, even if if there's if it's just one feature that's ready, it'll go in to the it'll go into the release, and everything else can wait, and then go in when it's ready. And I I really like that approach because. You really can't predict how long it's going to take to build something. And that probably sounds like sacrilege to a lot of people listening here. It's very difficult. I mean, because, you know, okay, go create something new and then deliver it. Now, I mean, some things are pretty basic and you can, you know, if it's just putting a button somewhere or whatever. But like if you're building a new algorithm that has a new data structure and you've got to invent the data structure, like we've had to do over and over again here at Blue Triangle, um, it's it's going to take some time and you, you're not going to get it right the first time. So I think that uh, that development philosophy and mentality, I, I hope that more shops can continue to adopt, to adopt that because I mean, and by the way, I've talked to other CTOs in the, in the field and what, what you often hear is that they're not good with big releases. Guess what? Nobody is right. So we're good with little releases and little, and you know, and so I'm just a really big proponent proponent on doing incremental functional functional releases and stepping towards uh, a release cycle that that matters. Yeah, I think the engineer in me loves that whole set of sentences and agrees wholeheartedly that if you're trying to optimize for the throughput of engineering teams, you've hit the nail on the head. Now, the marketer in me is bummed out. <laughs> what? You're going to put whatever you feel like in the release and I have to sort of make noise about that? Oh, my God. Right. So there, there's a bunch of companies that I think have maybe optimized all the way over in the corner where they're releasing features so quickly, they find it hard to sort of articulate what they are. I thought you did a great job at the beginning of really articulating, you know, what, what Blue Triangle is and the, and the value you're trying to construct. So that's a, a good, you're, you're obviously sort of balancing that, balancing it quite well, but it is definitely a challenge for folks. They go all the way over into the deep end. And I, we see plenty of companies where it's like, I, I don't think you have the product you think you have because you've released a bunch of features that just don't line up with anything you talk about. So it's it's awesome to see that you you've uh, you're sticking the landing there. There's uh, speaking of that, like sticking the landing, right? Like as you're as you're adding features, as you're adding capabilities, um, you know, I, I think we talked about the kind of current stack. Are there any like products or features on the Google side or, or other open source stuff that's that's kind of playing a bigger part in the way that you're approaching next features and roadmap items? So, you know, clearly machine learning and AI are hot, hot on everybody's uh, to-do roadmaps. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
And so we have a certain amount of investment going in that direction as well, always, because um, you know, like we have anomaly detection that like automatically looks at the data and figures out the things that are that are unusual and then bubbles that to the top. One of the things that we're doing that's unusual among the uh, the different uh, providers in the space is that we actually trend every single element on every page of the site. A lot of them, you can you can click a link and get to a, a waterfall Gantt chart kind of thing of like a payload, but what but that's just like getting stored as a, a bundle somewhere. It's not really sitting somewhere that's trendable, and we we trend it like it's trendable. You can trend every file and every call and every page all the time, and so that that actually ha has a lot of uh, demands to for AI uh, machine learning that you know takes some creativity. That's one of the areas that, that we're really going towards. And then, you know, Google's uh, core web vitals, you know, everybody in the industry is talking about core web vitals. Like you talk to some, any digital shop that's out there. Uh, I've yet to talk to anybody, I want to say in the last nine months, that wasn't hot on the trail for improving core web vitals ever since Google kind of made the announcement that that's playing into SEO now, uh, as I think April of last year. Everybody's really focused on that. So, yeah, no, the, I I think that there's you're going to continue to get, and it's a cool feedback loop, right? Like Google's doing the same thing you're trying to do: make everybody's experience of the product better. It's just their product is oops, everybody else's product. So that sort of transparency about what they observe, what they prioritize, has has really far-reaching effects. And if you're helping people, you know, better better orient themselves around these giant, you know, traffic generators like the search engines. I think that's, that's a big path to value. Look, I, I thought this was a super productive conversation. I, I, I want to go have it now with about a half a zillion of my customers. I'm, I'm sure the folks in our audience are, are in the same boat. You know, we've got, we got a lot of uh, uh, potential, I think in, in some of the upcoming stuff, especially like what's going on in BigQuery ML that I think can short circuit the path to some of the constructions you're going to need to do. Uh, some of the, some of the pieces where uh, analytics hub and vertex AI are going to make it so that you can combine the data that blue triangle is constructing with other sets that I think might be really useful for customers. So looking forward to, to next steps, but thanks for taking the cycles with us and, uh, and talking shop. Any, anything you want to leave the audience with stuff that they they've got to check out. It's just critical next bits. I would just recommend if anybody has, um, you know, for all the different uh, entrepreneurs out there, if you haven't read The Hard Thing About Hard Things by Ben Horowitz, um, go read it. It's it's a great book. That's that is a key. We'll put the we'll put the link to that in in the piece. I think that's a that's a great recommend. I am I am a big fan of that book as well. Uh, there. Yeah. I haven't had the kind of success as Ben Horowitz, but <laughs> sure. I can tell you, I've been in the I've been I made it through the desert, um, in in, in some of these situations. So uh, I really do relate to that book, but um, yeah, in terms of uh, just, you know, making sure that, you know, whenever you're working with your teams, especially building the agile uh, stuff, it's really important to have the kind of, you know, leadership and uh, bringing people along the, the path. So uh, in early in the life of our company, we hired some guys right out of college and we've been able to bring them, up to speed and they're they're silicon valley developers now i mean you know i put 
a, a kind of this rank of, you know, you start off somewhere out of college and then somewhere along the way, if you really work hard, you can get to be what I consider to be a Silicon Valley quality developer. And we've got several of those on now. So, you know, invest in the, in the people and nurture the, uh, keep people inspired and then we'll do great work for you. Uh, we are in total agreement with that here, here. Uh, so Tim, I, I really appreciate the conversation. I thought this was super productive. Everybody in the audience, thanks for taking the cycles with us. And uh, looking forward to the next one. Cheers. Thanks, Miles. Take care. Thank you for listening to Cloud and Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics. And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud and Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app. <laughs>